going along with the series Life Hacks. We are on week four and we're titling, titling this Making Wise Investments. So God's wisdom should be the most desirable thing in our lives because it is the one thing that provides a sure return, meaning guaranteed. You invest into it, you are always going to get something out of it. And God's wisdom is perfect. It doesn't need any additives, doesn't need any pesticides, no preservatives. It is fine just the way that it is. And because it's perfect, we should invest our time and thoughts into harvesting it for ourselves. And not just for ourselves, but for those around us, for our family, our friends, and our loved ones. So going along with making a wise investment, let's start by reading the word. In Proverbs 3, verse 13 through 18, it says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her, and long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and those who hold her fast will be blessed. So, the wisdom of God is the most valuable resource available for our lives. Because just like we saw in this verse, it provides us a greater return than money. Specifically, it said rubies and gold. Nothing we desire compares to it. It provides us an extension on life, and it gives us riches and honor. It is the pathway to peace and blessing. So the question is, if God's wisdom is the most valuable resource for our lives, why is it that so few of us are actually actively pursuing it? And I say the word actively because it's important. This is a daily activity. This is a daily exercise. It's like breathing air. You need it to sustain yourself. God's wisdom is needed for us to grow and succeed in life. And I feel like the reason why a lot of people don't actively pursue it is because they react to life instead of being prepared for it. We react to what goes on in life and we react to everything that gets thrown our way, but we don't take the time to prepare ourselves and to build ourselves up with the knowledge and information we need so that when something comes, we already got it. It's already taken care of. We chase after our own pursuits, our own ideas, our own beliefs, things that we think we need. Meanwhile, God is saying, I can give you everything if you just follow after me. So in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 31 through 34, it says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough problems of its own. When I used to read these verses, I had a misunderstanding of what what it meant. What I thought it meant was anytime I had a problem or anytime something was coming up, instead of me trying to figure it out on my own, I was supposed to go to God. And that sounds right, but it's not actually right. Because really what this Bible verse is saying is that you should be seeking God first every day of your life, reading his word, listening to what he has to tell you, following his instruction and the way that he calls you to live. 
Because if you seek God first, all these other things will be added on to you. He knows what you need. He knows what's coming before you do. He knows, because he's the author and finisher of our faith, everything and anything that is going to happen. And yet, if you seek him first and follow after him, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. You just focus on who you are from God's word and what he has called you to. And if you don't know what those things are, it's not a knock against you. There's no shame in that. There's only one way to figure it out, though. You've got to read the Word. Coming to church on Sunday is great. Keep doing it. Going to church every first Wednesday is great. Keep doing it. But if those are the only times where you're hearing the Word for yourself, there's a problem. You are depriving yourself of God's wisdom. You are depriving yourself of what you need. And it's not that we do this daily just to check it off the checklist, like, oh, yeah, I read the Bible today, I'm good. No, it's to actually gain something, to read it with intention, to actively be pursuing God to know and learn from him. Does that make sense? So I have an example, and I have people in mind. Eric, can you come up? And Ben, can you come up? Yeah, Ben. And Ben's dressed really nice today, too. I like this. You got the polo with the slacks and the Crocs. You got to get the Crocs. That's awesome. Okay. Yes, give it up for our volunteers. Give it up for our volunteers. So in talking about preparation, right, this little analogy we're going to do is this basket. I know it's a soccer ball, but it's supposed to be a basketball. Sorry. This is my kid's stuff. I just took it from home. We're going to use it today. So we got a basketball, uh, a basketball net. We got a basketball pretending. And what we're showing you today is how in preparation for life, what a long shot looks like. So Eric, when's the last time you played basketball? 30, you said? College, okay, Ben. Yesterday? All right, so hold on. So you said yesterday, you should be fresh at this, okay? Hold on, we're gonna let your dad go first though. Go ahead. Here, line yourself up, come to the center. Can you see it? You got it? Oh, he's going grandma shot? Oh, that was okay. That was okay. That was okay. All right, get that back over here. Thank you, brother Steve. All right, Ben, you got this. I believe in you. Hold on, center yourself up. There you go. Nope. It's funny because you guys hit the same exact spot. So, <laughs> the reason why I wanted a parent and child, too, is because me being a pastor's kid my entire life, I witnessed my parents in their own time with God. I was witnessing them every day practice their shot in their morning devotions, in their time of worship. My mom, Saturday morning, 7 o'clock, if, if it wasn't Spanish music, it was worship music, and she was cleaning. And I went to church with them. I slept at the church while they were working. Like, I didn't have a choice. I was raised in this. But the reason why it's so important and why I share that is because before I could even practice the shots of my own, I was witnessing my parents do the same thing. And through practicing our shot, we've been talking about wisdom. When we practice wisdom and practice seeking after God, you have to realize that the generation before is really meant to share it with the generation after. Right. It gets passed on, not just family, but in your marriages, in your relationships with your friends, your family. It's important that not only we practice following after God's wisdom for ourselves, but it equips us to show the next generation what to do also. So give it up for our volunteers. Thank you, guys. Aiden.
So in continuing that train of thought, we have to figure out what it is that we are investing our time into. What is robbing us of taking the time that we're supposed to be devoting into following after, to follow after God? And is it giving us a return that is worth more than God? We already know what the answer is while I've thinking about it, but you need to assess it for yourself. You need to pinpoint what it is that's stopping you from progressing. Because these long shots that we take is only because we don't practice. You can't expect to make shots that you don't ever practice doing. I didn't talk about this first service, but Kobe Bryant, everybody at least has heard of Kobe Bryant, even if you've never seen him play or whatever. He was doing 1,000 shots a day, practicing. Practice in the morning, take a break, practice after lunch, take a break. Three times a day, this dude was practicing. Why? Because in the game time, it was time to make the shots. And he can't expect himself or even his other teammates to put in the same amount of work ethic as him if he wasn't being the example and being the leader. It was up to him as the team leader to make those shots. We as Christians, it is up to us to make those shots. We are called to share this light, to share this gospel, to share this wisdom. Because if it's not us, then what are we doing? We're all just here on this space rock doing nothing, just living our own lives all lost. But anyway, I don't know why I shared that. I didn't share that first service, but okay, I like that one. It's all right. So we need to stop worrying about life too. We need to stop trying to predict the future and stop trying to kickstart your own growth and your own strength. Because those are all poor investments. For God knows his plans and purposes for your life to prosper you, not to harm you, and plans to give you a hope and a future. In Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21, it says, Then he said to them, Watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. So notice in the beginning of all these verses, everything was, I'll do this, I'll do that. I tell myself this, I tell myself that. But then... God said to him in verse 20, you fool. Sometimes what we think we're supposed to do and what we tell ourselves how our lives are supposed to look has nothing to do with what God is telling us to do at all. And we come out looking foolish because we're not following after God's wisdom. So God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. So the man in this parable believed that his most valuable assets were in what he possessed. But according to Jesus, our most valuable asset is our life. Our life is deposited. It is invested into us by God. And what God expects from our lives is to not just increase ourselves, not just to increase what we own, not just to increase our territories, our territories, but to expand the kingdom, to share God's love, to share God's gospel, to share the good news, faith, the light, the truth, knowledge. And it is up to us to do so. God does not give us possessions. He gives us opportunity. 
He gives us intellect. He gives us talents and gifts and the power to create. God blesses the works of our hands, not our words. He blesses our actions, not just what we say. And notice that God does not demand back what he has given us when he finally settles accounts. He demands a return on our lives. And this teaches us that in our lives, we're supposed to be driven by who we're impacting, the people that God has placed around us, not for what we do and what we achieve and what for whatever we own. We are meant to share this love. That is our sole purpose, is to love God and to love people. And that's why here at the church, we connect God with people, connect with our community, right? That's why we do these things, because we are following after what it is that God has for us. So in, in making wise investments, we need to understand that wisdom requires investment. Wisdom is not something that just osmosis comes to your brain and all of a sudden you know everything. No, it takes study, it takes time, it takes preparation. And we live in a world driven by wealth of possessions. But there are only five types of wealth. There's financial, obviously. There's social, your friends, your relationships. Are they actually meaningful? Do they actually, do they actually reap returns in your life? Physical, spiritual, and time. These are the five types of wealth that we as humans can gain. But wealth of possessions is not a thing. When we talk about financial wealth, what we're really talking about is financial freedom. You being able to not just sustain yourself, but to actually impact your life in a positive way. Because if all you have is a bunch of possessions and all your money and all your resources go into maintaining what it is you own, you aren't actually wealthy. All you're doing is wasting away. You're losing in life. So it's not about how much you own. It's not even about the quality that you own. It's just about are you wealthy in the areas that matter? Are you investing into the things that are actually reaping a benefit in your life? And if you're not, then Mark chapter, Mark chapter 8, verse 36 through 37 is important because it says, what do you benefit if you gain the world but lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? And, and listen, listen to what this is saying. This is not saying you selling your soul to become rich. It's not talking about you selling away yourself to become famous. It's not saying that. It's saying, are you giving up what's most important that you actually need for things that don't matter? A paycheck at a job, although it sounds like a necessity, is not something that God says is worth more than him. Because God is our source. The reality TV shows and the celebrities we watch and the people we tune into and all these things that are happening in this world are not worth more than God. Because all they do is bring drama into your life even though it's not your drama. It's, 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 it's amazing how addicting the things of this world really are. And it's addicting because it, it, it tunes into the parts of us that are in that human nature. It brings us back to a time where we were different. It brings us back to a time that we thought was good and we may have liked certain moments of that life that we lived, but really it had no benefit to us. Where we were ignorant and we weren't really thinking about what we were doing and we were kind of just living how we were living and that's all we knew. And it's funny how when you walk into the light, meaning knowledge of God, when you look back on things, the new perspective you have tends to 
bring up some regret on what you used to do. It shines a light on all the things that were actually wrong with the way you were living. So investing time wisely for the future, you also need to think about what is it that I did in the past that didn't work? Not focus on it, not dwell on it, but moving on from it, changing it up. Because at no point in our walk with God do we ever arrive. There is always something to be worked on. There is always something to consistently get better at. You don't just open your Bible once a week and then say, okay, I did it, I'm good, I hit my quota. No, it's a daily practice. And if we live to consume the next best thing, we'll consume up our souls. There's no wisdom in living to invest in temporal wants for selfish reasons. This is why we need to invest the wisdom of God into every part of our lives. And when we invest in wisdom, it benefits us in the deepest part of our lives, the soul. In Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5, it says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your heart is renewed like the eagles. So notice that David is talking to himself, and he's referring to the deepest part of himself, which is his soul. And how he benefits deeply from his devotion to God and through following after him. Not wasting away, chasing after the things that don't matter. Not chasing after power, money, possessions, trying to be feared, trying to become the strongest man on earth. No, he focused on the one thing that truly mattered, which was God. And when he focused on God, it impacted everything from the inside out. Even when David didn't seem like the man that was called by God, God still called him. Even though he had all his older brothers that looked the part that if you just saw them on the outside, looked like they had it all going on. Meanwhile, their heart and mind weren't in the right place. Get this. This is more than just for yourself. This is for your life and the life of those around you. You may be disqualifying yourself because you think, well, I don't read the Bible or I don't understand the Bible or I may do this or I may do that. Make all these excuses, but... It's practice. you got to put the time in to get to the place that you want to be. This doesn't just happen overnight. This isn't something that you're going to start reading the Bible this week and then everything is just all going to fall together. No, this is a growth. This is a relationship with God that builds and builds and builds, increases and increases. So it's time for us to start living more and saving less. I know that sounds weird. We got to think about this. In James chapter 3, verse 13 through 15, it says, Do you want to be counted wise? To build a reputation for wisdom. Here's what you do live well, live wisely, live humbly. I'm going to read that again. Live well, live wisely, and live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk, that counts. Mean spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. It's animals cunning, devilish plotting. So it's not enough to just talk and say you're a Christian. It's also not enough just to show up to church and say you're a Christian. We have to actively walk this faith daily. Every day is an opportunity to share the gospel. Every day is a day to share God's love and to share the good news. Every day is a day for you to invest into yourself, to read the word, to actually obtain something new. 
Because as Christians, and I don't mean Christians as in everybody in here, everybody online. I mean Christians as the entire Christian body around the world. There's a lot of mixed messages going on. And if you just read the word and took what the word said, and we didn't add opinions, we didn't add feelings, we didn't add our own social economic ideas based on the culture we live in today, but we just took the word for what it is, there's no, there's no gray area. There's no in between. It's just what does the word say? Can't add to it. I was tempted both services to say something, but I'm not going to say it because it's about, it's about someone who's famous, and I just don't want to do it because you, you never know the true story, but when you look at it for face value, it's kind of like, I don't know if I'll go there no more. It's, it's about, I don't know if how many of you guys have heard of him, Pastor Mike Todd, anybody heard of him? He's, 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 he's famous influencer pastor, and he was saying some things recently. I'll let you guys look it up on your own time. And it was, it was as clear as day, adding an opinion to what God created. And it's just like, and you got people in the congregation saying, oh, amen, I believe that, blah, blah, blah. Him saying like, oh, I wish there was more options than man and female. And I wish there was more like, but God didn't do that. He did this. And I wish that it was just easier. And like saying all these things, but where does that come from? That's not the word. So I was tempted to say it first service. And I was like, oh, I don't know. But the second service, I'll say it because it's worth mentioning, right? Like it's, it's worth mentioning when you observe things. And we as Christians sometimes don't want to go against the grain and we don't want to like rub people the wrong way. But what does the word say? Like, that's it. Like, it's not my opinion. It's this is what God says. And I'm going to follow what God says, because if I if I deem him most valuable in my life, then I can't put anything above him. I can't put anything that's going to prevent me from sharing the truth because I don't want to offend somebody. Meanwhile, that's not my heart. My heart's not to offend anybody. My heart is not to make people upset. I'm not up here trying to be controversial. I'm just saying the truth. And at the end of the day, that is what we are called to do. One is to seek out the truth, but also to share the truth. So do with that information what you will. I don't know why I shared it, but again, we're just rolling with it. So, I mean, I think I, the reason why I shared it was because about talking, walking the talk, not just talking about it, but actually living it. And this last point that we're going to touch on is strength is weakness without wisdom. So I've played a lot of sports in high school and over the years. Wrestling by far is my favorite. I wish I did more of it. But we have a saying in wrestling. It's strength. No. Skill beats strength any day. Skill will always always beat strength. Always. Because you can be the strongest man in the world. But if you don't know how to physically use it or apply it to the right leverages or anything like that, you will always fail because you'll be exerting your strength the wrong way. So when it comes to life, you have to think about the strongest man in his day being Solomon, not Samson, Solomon. Solomon was the wisest of his time. He wrote the book of Proverbs and he's the strongest man because he took God's wisdom And was able to expand the kingdom and expand himself way far above and beyond anybody today. So, in reading that, we have Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 16, and says, So I said, wisdom is better than strength. The man in our parable from from the book of Luke thought he was strong and secure because of what he built in his own strength. But as we saw, his strength left him with nothing. Didn't matter that he was building up things to help store his grain. Didn't matter every, all the hard work that he did. It ended up adding up to nothing. 
because his life was wasted pursuing the crops and pursuing a harvest so that later on in life he could say, look at, look at all that I did. Meanwhile, he ended up losing it all anyway. So by living with God's wisdom, it's going to make us stronger and give us lasting results. And going back to the book of Proverbs, the first, the first verse that we read, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13, it said, Blessed are those who find wisdom and those who gain understanding. So in life, if you want to live in an abundant life, if you want to exceed in all areas, never lacking, pursue God. If you want to feel loved, if you want to feel connected, if you feel like that you just, you, let's say you don't feel like you have friends, you don't have the people around you, that's why we come to church, is to fellowship with each other. To gain a relationship with one each other so that we can equip ourselves as a body. That's following after God. Because God calls us to love him and love people. If you feel like you were lacking in any area of your life, that is why we have the word. It is literally the instruction manual for life. So if you feel like you're lost, you feel like you don't know where to go, you feel like you're lacking in an area, are you going back to the Word? Because if you're not, no need to troubleshoot any further. That's the problem. We are called to live according to God's plan, according to God's Word, applying God's wisdom into our lives. There may be good teachings out in this world, but if it's not from God, it's a temporary thing. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.